chapter um, 26. Um, okay, yes, he sent him to, to the kings, to the Jews, to the Gentiles. Paul was, Paul was sent to all men. Paul was a, was a great man of God. Why was the purpose? Look at it. Look at it. To open their eyes. Do you mean that all of them were blind naturally and he went there and opened their eyes, they naturalized? No. They weren't blind. They could see the sun. But they were blind spiritually. They were blind towards God. So Paul was sent to open the eyes of their understanding. See, that's your mind, your soul, your spirit. Something has got to dawn on you said, I see that. See, that's what the church is for, to open their eyes. Because you can go to, you can be going to church all your life and you're spiritually blind. That's what happened to a lot of people. And they get proud and you can't move them on. And they are full of themselves and they think they know it. Uh, quoting scriptures, you know, there's a lot of people can quote scriptures. If you study the Bible, even a child, you don't have to be saved to be able to quote scriptures. But you have to have a divine touch to be able to um, understand the scriptures. Blessed are your eyes for they see. It's not these, but the eyes of your understanding. They have to be blessed for you to see the things of God. And your ears for the hear. And then God has to give you a heart to understand the word of God. Otherwise you come to church, you go to church all your life and you don't understand. But you, you think you do, but you don't. So here's what Paul had to do to open their eyes. How long would that take to get your eyes open? Well, I've got my eyes open. I can see the scripture. Of course, you can read it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, but doesn't mean you see it. Seeing means understanding. That means you understand it the way that God understands it. Yeah. See, that's what it's talking about. Not just reading a scripture. Anybody can read a scripture. If, if it was only reading a scripture, you would not need a pastor. You, you would not need a ministry, apostles, prophets. You would not need, there would be no need for that. If you could just get up and if everybody could get up and just explain the scripture, then they don't need for the ministry. No more than if you could go to the school, university, and pass without a professor. There's no need for the professor. Sister Letty, you wouldn't have to go to school. If those little kids give them a book and say, go ahead. But that's not the way. They have to be uh, instructed. The same way in the word of God. You have to be instructed whether you're 10 years old or 50 years or 100 years old. You have to be instructed. We have to be instructed. So it is to open their eyes. So a man of God knows what his job is. His job is to open the eyes of the people that's under his ministry. Otherwise he's a failure. Or, or And they're blind. They end up being blind. And notice the hard work now. To turn them. How are you going to do that? When we were born in sin. Shaping iniquity. The very nature of sin. Is in our hearts. Darkness. Evil. 
And then you're supposed to turn them from darkness. Tell me how can you do that? Because you're going to have resistance. They're not good because remember that they're blind, they can't see. And they think they're seeing. And when you say, no, you're not seeing that. No, you're not understanding that scripture. That's not the way you explain that scripture. And they snap at you. Tell me how you're going to turn them. And they're full of unbelief. And you're trying to turn them and says, that's not the way God is going. Don't go that way. You're turning them from darkness. That's the very nature. That's, that's what we were born with. We were born in sin. Darkness, shaping iniquity. And then you're supposed to turn them. That's a hard job. So he's got to be seeking God and be in contact with God to find out how do I turn them from darkness, ignorance, no knowledge of God. See, that's what Paul faced when he was sent to the Gentiles and even among the Jews. That's what ministers face. Somebody say you come to an altar. But the work begins when you come to an altar. Coming to an altar doesn't mean you know God. Or you understand now. He has to turn you from darkness. That's a different world from the world of light. That's two different worlds. There's a world of darkness. Ignorance. No knowledge of God. And he's got to turn you from that world. To another world called the world of light. Tell me, are you going to do that? Are you going to believe him? You might put up your guard and resist and say, I'm not going to move. And uh, a voice begin, voices begin to speak with you because remember now, you're wrestling not flesh and blood, but you're wrestling principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, now how strong are these um how strong are these principalities that you wrestle? Well, it took, uh, uh, it took Gabriel 21 days yeah. until Michael helped him to break through the ranks of principalities and powers. Now, if Gabriel couldn't get through in Daniel, read it. You know, you know the scriptures. 21 days and Gabriel could not get through. What about you and I? Demons laugh at us. Paul, I know. Peter I know, I mean Jesus I know, but who are you? It took 21 days and you wonder why Lord I can't move on in God. You try you do everything, you fast, you do everything but you go right back and you don't have the strength because you're wrestling and you don't even know you're wrestling against principalities and powers, not flesh and blood. And to turn them from darkness. Look at it. Job. So if you don't know what darkness is. The principality is the power. The governors of. of uh, a governing force of darkness. How are you going to turn anybody? Why are we in church tonight? So we can break loose. Turn. From the power of darkness. That we will get our minds lighted up. And from. Notice. The power of Satan. The power of Satan. So there's a force opposing you. When I would do good. Evil is present with me. When I'd like to lift my hands and praise God and say. I'm going to read the Bible and pray. 
get down on your knees, you fall asleep. Your heart is willing. But the flesh is weak. And the enemy working through the flesh. So he said, you are supposed to be turned by a ministry from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. Look at that. Look at that. The power of Satan. To unto God. So there's a ministry that's got to turn you from the power and he's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you go. That, here's me, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. Somebody says, see, you just come and you receive forgiveness of sin. Have you read the Bible? The stages, the steps. You need a ministry to turn you to open, first open your eyes. That means, oh, I can see the things of God. When the two was on the road to Emmaus, their eyes was closed and Jesus opened their eyes. So Jesus has to open your eyes and, oh my God, I see that. Once I was blind, but now I see to open their eyes and to turn them. Okay, to turn them. You get on your knees and say, Lord, please God, turn me from darkness to light. Who is the light? Jesus Christ, I'm the light of the world. He's the light, John chapter 1. This is the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. And it goes on to say, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified. Sister Rosie was quoting the steps of order of faith right there, justification, where he makes you just as if you've never sinned. That's the first act of, of, that God do, does for you by faith. He justifies you. Means just as if you've never done it. Justification. Then he sanctifies you. Sanctify the, the, where he sets you apart. Okay? He sets you apart that we might receive an inheritance. An inheritance. What, what's your inheritance? Jesus Christ. God is our inheritance. The inheritance that you have is not a mansion up there and gold and silver. If that's all you have, heaven is going to be bored after a while. But our inheritance is God. Oh, that I might know him, Jesus Christ. And who have I in heaven but you? And what do I desire in the earth? Alright, okay. I, I was born in Jamaica, beautiful island. I go over there and after a few days I'm bored. And I understand what Sister Angie said. She'd rather be back in church. I do too. I'd rather be right here tonight than be sailing on a boat somewhere. Because all that is vanity. You do it, but it come to an end. What have you got? Nothing. That nice barbecue you had Sunday afternoon. Remember we gave you Sunday afternoon off? 
the thing is gone. Sister Joy had a birthday. And we, I don't normally go with the girls, but we all went out. Sister Rosie and Sister Joy and Rosie's sister and son for Alo Halo Filipinos because Sister Joy's birthday. I was good, but guess where I end up? Into a burger. I was good, the food was good, but just because of my. <laughs> I wanted a burger. Now, an inheritance. Okay, it's like your father died or your parents died, I leave you an inheritance, earthly inheritance. An inheritance or the inheritance that God has for you is not cars and golden streets. That's not an inheritance. God is going to give you himself. Your inheritance is Christ. Amen. And you will enjoy. All right. You're going to enjoy Christ for all eternity because if God ever just give you a mansion up there, you're going to get tired of it. Just a mansion. I don't care how beautiful it is. You can't rejoice in that. I don't care how nice that mansion is. You, you, you'll never be satisfied. But if you inherit Christ that every day. You can look in the face of Jesus and rejoice in Christ. And like Paul, oh, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering and so on. An inheritance, receive an inheritance among them. Look at it now. Among them. <coughs> Who, who? Among them. So I have to stay among the sanctified ones to get my inheritance. You just don't get it because well, I, 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 I've got a mansion up there and I'm going to, that's not what I'm preaching about. Because if that's all you have, you don't really have anything. Gold and, and silver and golden streets and a mansion and milky river. If that's all you're serving God for. I'm not serving God for those things. I'm serving God that I might be completed. In the image of Jesus Christ. I'm serving God that I might be like him. That's why I press on. That we might receive the forgiveness of sins. Well I thought. I thought. Forgiveness is first. No. First, you got to get your eyes open. And a lot of people go to church, they haven't got their eyes open. Did you, did you know that if you got your eyes and your vision and anything else beside Christ, you're blind? <laughs> That's why people go to church, they can't turn their phone off. Who's going to call me? Oh, he might call me. She might call me. This one might call me. And they can't turn it off. And as soon as church is over, boom. boom, boom. I mean, they can't get rid of their phones. 
And did, did you know that the telephone is becoming an idol? I heard a pastor says he does not allow telephones in his church. Well, I'm using it for my Bible. He said, some folks, some folks not using it for Bible. They're playing some games or doing something else. Texting. But they're not fooling anybody. They're fooling themselves. To receive an inheritance among them that are focused on that word, sanctified. By what? That's what she just read. Rosie, sanctified by faith. Justification is by faith. Sanctification means set apart. Among them that are sanctified. No, who are the sanctified ones? The set apart ones. The holy ones. You see, when you're sanctified, you become holy. Amen. When you're sanctified, you become holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. True sanctification. That means when you're sanctified, you're set apart for God to pour out himself. That's your inheritance. The inheritance is God pouring out himself in you. You become a God container. A vessel. Um, Second Corinthians 4, I think it is. Second Corinthians 4 about uh, we have this treasure um, in, in hurting vessels. Don't, don't lose this scripture, brother Ed. I'm coming back. But in Second Corinthians chapter um, chapter 4 where verse 7, read that for me. But look at that. But we have this treasure. You seen that treasure? Where? Where, where is the hurting vessel? You. So you have the treasure. What treasure? You receive an inheritance. The inheritance is poured in a vessel. And we have this treasure. In hurting vessels. You are the hurting vessels. That the excellency. Of the power. May be of God. And not of us. What a wonderful scripture. Oh my God. Can you imagine now. What I was talking about. That your treasure. Or what you are seeking for. Is not gold mansion. Nobody's going to put a house inside of you. But Christ. In you. The hope of glory. Christ. Pours out himself in you. But we have this treasure. In earthen vessel. You are the earthen vessel. And he put this. Treasure. I got a lot more I can say in it. But I'm not. But we have this treasure. In earthen vessel. Think of this treasure. Jesus Christ. 
inertion vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God. Hallelujah. And not of us. Nothing about you. Not matter how long you've been going to church, how long you're saved, how holy you are, nothing about you and I. It's all about God. But look what God does done. God put his glory inside of you. And it's veiled. Nobody can hardly see it. Because of the dirt. You know we are crockpots. And God put it in there. And nobody is seeing it. But God is working in you. It's God that worketh in you. God in you. Christ in you. In you. The hope of glory. That's what this message is about. It's more than shouting and jumping. For a man, a minister to get somebody ready where God is in them. Where God pour out himself in them. That is a mystery. Nobody can do that. But a ministry that's ordained of God. Everybody can't be a police officer. There's training that goes with it. Everybody cannot be an attorney. All these things, there's a lot of training. And you can't just pick up the Bible and say, I know it. Oh, because God favors me. Oh, and we live by grace. No. Grace is more severe than law. How can you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? What I'm telling you now is not only Christ on the cross... But Christ in you. He's, he's not on the cross anymore. He, he's supposed to be inside of you. We have this treasure. The treasure is God. The treasure is what is Christ in you. Now. You can have a will. Made out to you. And you still don't know because you haven't read it. Or you, you don't understand. You need uh, someone to explain it and break it down. And show you what, what inheritance is given to you by your father. Well, that's what you do. You need someone to break the word of God down to you. To show you your inheritance. Yes. 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 Otherwise, the devil blinds you. So first, he's gotta, you, you've got to get your eyes open. Open so you can read the will. Your inheritance. Your understanding must be touched to know who you are. That you are a child of God. Hallelujah. He has to open your eyes. How does it? It's a miracle. Because we were born in sin. And before you die, you have your eyes open. You're a child of God. You're a child of light. So you find that church that can do that and you join. Find that church. That can stand on a Wednesday night and tell you who you are. And tell you what your will is. And the purpose why he loves you and saves you. Let me tell you. 
God did not send his son to die for us to give us heaven. God sent his son to die so he could give us himself. God could have given you look at what he gave David. He didn't take the blood of Christ to give David a mansion or gold or even put him on the throne of, of Israel. But he take, or took the son of God dying to give us forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them that are sanctified. It's wonderful. If you can ever believe that, we have this treasure. You would begin to wrap your arms around Christ. He is your treasure. And you have it in you, earth and vessel. Lord, that's enough to shout. Look at you sitting there dead. You should be shouting. But I told you, she said, thank you, pastor. A treasure. That's more than a few billion dollars. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That. The excellency of the power. May be of God. And nothing about you. All you've got to do is be the pot. The vessel. The earthen vessel. And he'll pour himself. Ask him to come in. And he'll pour himself out in you. What's the next verse says? Verse 8. We're troubled on every side. We got it. Every side going, coming, yet not distressed. You get to the place when this treasure is inside of you, you're not moved. Trouble, yes. You don't look by on what somebody else is doing. I am only sent to do a job. That's all. That's all. I don't make people come to church. I'm only sent to preach to those that come to church. And my job is over. That's all my job is. To preach. And if you're not sitting there. Or coming to church. That's. I can't do nothing about that. I still get my reward. Because all I have to do is preach what God gives me. And look at it. We are troubled on every side. That's awesome. Can you imagine the fighting, war, strife, distress, sickness, everything going on. And yet you're not distressed. Come on. What a peace. What a place to get to. That's where the word of God will take you. But if you come to church and you don't listen... Your mind is on something else. You'll never get it. Huh? You got war in your heart. You got strife in your heart. You're distressed. You got all kind of stuff inside of you. You're distressed. But here's what the scripture said. We are troubled on every side. You might be there. Like Ezekiel. God gave him a church to pastor. That was filled with snakes. Yeah, scorpions, snake. I mean the spirit of the people. 
Bought his tongue at Ezekiel. And God says don't look at their face. And God says though they have a. <coughs> God said I make my face. Your face harder than theirs. God says that to Jeremiah. I'll make you a, a wall. What is it? Like. Uh, anyway. In Jeremiah. You, you couldn't overturn a, a minister. You can't stop a minister. You cannot work around a pastor. Well I just. I'm out. I'll outsmart smart the pastor. I'm smarter than the pastor. You, you don't understand. That's crazy. You can't. If that pastor pray and seek God and read his Bible. He's going to know whether you're real. For real or not. Or oh, I'll play a trick on him. I'll, I'll go behind him and I'll deceive him. Now. If somebody comes to church. Or in church. And they like to be deceived. Then let them be deceived. But most of God's people has got a brain. They're not going to be deceived by anybody. See. Jesus told the disciples. There in Matthew 24. When they were looking for a sign. He says. See that you be not deceived. I mean just somebody fool you. How great they are. And they're not. They're not great. You're not great because you said. I'm not great because I said I'm great. We're troubled on every side. People talk about you. Run you down. Yet not distressed. You don't even worry about it. You go, go to your bed. You sleep. You don't even worry about it. You go to church. Make a message up. Nothing bothers you. Because you're serving Christ. You are a warrior for God. We are perplexed. But not despair. Persecuted. But there's always God with you. I'll never leave you. Not forsaken. Cast down. You, ever, you know. why? And David said. Why don't cast down on my soul. You hang your head. And oh my God. What happened? Oh, my church been beating me up all weekend. No. You, you're wrong. The church shouldn't be beating you up. You should be beating up the church. Because you stand in the bully pulpit. Whatever that is. And you stand to preach the word of God. And the word of God is powerful. You know why? I can have a sword... And still, you know, but I, I've got to take it out and use it. And you got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But you have to know how to use it in the church. A pastor stand by and let somebody destroy the church or take the church away from him. That pastor is not a pastor. It's not a pastor. Because he's got to have eyes behind him. And eyes before him. And he sees everything that moves. Amen. That's a, that's a hard job to be a pastor. But yet it's the most wonderful job.
And a lot of folks don't even know what a pastor is. They think a pastor is a puppet. Somebody that just run and say yes and oh, how high do you want me to drum? That's, that's not the way you do it. See, you stand with the word of God in your heart. Because that church has to turn. How are you going to turn them? Without the force of the word of God. You see that? Paul had to turn them from darkness to light. That means he turned them from Satan to Jesus where they changed the master. One time the devil was the master but now he's Christ. How do you do that? Tell me. Oh please. Please can you love Jesus? No, no, no. It's a war. Satan doesn't give up easily. You've got to resist him and he'll flee. That word resist. You're fighting him. It's a warfare. It's a warfare, saints. You're in a battle. That's why God said you must put on the whole armor of God. Why do you put on the armor of God? That you might be able to withstand all the wiles of the devil. He wants to destroy you. For we wrestle not. Does wrestling mean you're fighting? Uh, don't watch them. But you ever watch those wrestlers? Hmm? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not the kind of warfare. But you're in another warfare. Wrestling against principalities. And they want to pin you. And count you out. We wrestle against. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's why you have to hold on. Persecuted. But not forsaken. Cast down. You might have slipped. But you're going to rise up again. Amen. But not destroy. You're not. When they think you're, it's all over for you. Here comes Sunday morning. You're back in church. Shouting and praising the Lord. And not only come, but you're bringing somebody with you. You don't leave defeated. You say, Satan, I'll tell you you're a liar. I'm going to witness to somebody. If you witness to this one and they did, don't keep witnessing to the same one all the time. Try somebody new. You know, but we meet in, oh, my uncle, my cousin, my auntie. My uncle, my cousin, my auntie. And, And sometimes we change to my auntie, my cousin, my uncle. But God's bigger than that. Try praying for somebody else. Try try um, reaching out to someone. Always bearing about. Notice. Always bearing about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have that always. You're crucified. So when somebody attack you. I live yet not high. But Christ liveth in me. Bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the life. You see what's going to happen right there? That the life also. Of Jesus. Might be made manifest in our body. That's the life of God. That's Christ in you. My this is wonderful scripture. This is scripture that wants you to make you love God. Go home and pray and shout. 
Next verse. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Christ's sake. Always. You're delivered every day. You're in chain going to die. For Christ's sake. That. Why, here's the reason why now. That. Say it louder. That. The life also of Jesus. My, my, my. Might be made manifest in your mortal flesh. So all of this distress cast down and you're stumped and run over by the devil and the world and everything. No. You've got an armor you're putting on and you're led uh, 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 to be crucified. But yet still, what happened? The life of Christ is working in you. I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me let me get, is there another verse there? So then. Alright, this is powerful. So then. I like, I like the, the way to reason. What a man he was. So then. Death. Work it in us. See what's working in you? You got to die before you live. Death worked in us, but life in you. See, so Paul said, he, he was dying so you might receive life. Okay? And, and the suffering and the time that he goes through and the persecution and the beating is that Christ might be revealing him so he could give it to you. To turn you from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. What a message. You like that? My, my, my. You like that? <laughs>